In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World. This is episode 52. I am Andrew Langer. I remain Jerry Rogers. And uh, and I am, we are getting ready, by the way. We're getting ready. Next week is CPAC. We'll talk a little bit more about that. If you're going to CPAC, let us know, because Jerry and I are definitely going to do the show from Radio Row. Yes. Uh, one, if not two times next week. So hopefully double the pleasure, double the fun from, uh, from Andrew and Jerry. Save the world. Uh, Jerry, I am flush with, I don't know if I told you, but I went to a, a Mardi Gras dinner last night and oh, had a very and, nice yes it was you know there's a, a a restaurant we go to and they do these events for customers you sort of you you, you join in a membership thing and you get invited to these dinners yes and um we went we sat with uh, uh several lovely couples at our table of course, oh, yes, of course yes, yes. yes of course we did yes, you and your couple's dates but it was it was really good and it was a situation now i did not i did not imbibe uh, as heavily as others but it was one of those things where they had a special craft cocktail nice. uh with every with every course um which to me is like you know i think i think we all need to rethink our wednesdays after the uh after the the, the dinner as well, I, said, I mean my goodness it's ash wednesday so yes today is the day for for many christians catholics uh, uh specifically where this now starts 40 days of uh fasting and yes preparation. yes so we, we too we, i, I want to hear about your dinner but um erica we do this every year it's funny we had such a good night um the girls were home from school you know claire came in bridget's there uh, jack uh, who is uh, bridget's boyfriend uh liam grace um madeline myself erica and she made jambalaya she nice. made she made popcorn shrimp she made cornbread um she made a a, a rockin sal a salad uh, and we had uh we started off with wine uh and beer uh but hurricanes baby yeah, we had uh, we had uh, we had the rum, the we had the spiced rum, the uh, the the light rum, and uh, and I tell you, I was talking to my sister earlier today. Andrew, I've I've I take a drink once in a while. I, I'm shocked at this, Gerald. And uh, you know, I've never been I've never been hungover. I've never experienced a hangover. <laughs> but the thing is, is that I mean, there are mornings when I'm slow, I'm tired. You know, I might even have a little <laughs> a little of the liquor left in me, but. But it's, no, I've never, I've never, I've never, I've never experienced the, I can't get up to go to work. I can't move. I can't yes. get out of bed. I throw up. I don't think I've ever thrown up. Uh, oh, I've thrown up. No, I, I mean, I, I think I would it's just never, I, I, I would never drink alcohol we, again if I, if I threw we, up. We tell a, well, I we get tired. Tell, I do get tired. Story. We were in Indiana uh, for my grandmother's memorial service. Um, Indiana, Indiana, yes. Staying at my well, this is my you know my my mom, my stepmom's uh, uh, okay, and and um, um, you know we're staying at a, a Ramada Inn in this tiny town in Indiana, and my brothers and I went down to the hotel bar, and we essentially did our best impression of the Who or the Almond Brothers or wherever. I mean, we got very very overserved and this is now this is almost 20 years ago this is 19 years ago jerry we have a thing uh jen and i talk about this where i will i will get 
again, it happens very rarely because you know me, I don't drink to excess. No, ever. you don't, not at all. Um, this is probably why, because I have, a, I, I had a thing at least where I would, I would go Irish and I would start speaking with an Irish accent. Oh my goodness. Yes. That's, that's, and, that's, that's, that's awesome. I, Jerry doesn't know whether or not to be horrified or deeply. No, I, by this. I think that's great. Yes. My you kids, know, because, my, my kids accuse me of the same thing. They, oh, they, 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 they say that, oh, um, that, that, that my, my, like my New York turns on. Sure. Well, that, well, that happens too. If I'm around New Yorkers for any, any, uh, any amount of time, but yeah, it, you know, it used to come out St. Patrick's day, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, 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 the faux brogue. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. More of, yes. More of a, I guess it was a, a brogue anyway. So fun night last night. Um, um, they did make a version of hurricanes, which I took a sip of. I didn't drink the whole thing, um, with blood orange and Meyer yeah. lemon. And it was, it was really, yeah, it was really good. So we had, uh, uh, I had, uh, we were drinking hurricanes last night, had a little blood orange in it. Uh, yeah, they also uh, both the spiced rum and the light rum, and it was good. They did a uh, they did a deconstructed. Well, they did a lot of deconstructions. I don't want to go down this this road. It was a fun night. Uh, thanks to the good folks at Amber Ox in Williamsburg, Virginia. Well, let me let let, 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 let me say this though, since you yeah. mentioned Fat Tuesday and Mardi Gras, and it is Lent. I, I said this on the show yesterday on the WBAL show, and I want to say it again. You know, uh, Christians often. Complain, grumble that why don't we see the miracles? Why don't we see the kind of what happened in the scriptures or the first century church? You know, why aren't the blind seeing? Why aren't the lame walking? Why aren't the Jericho walls falling? And I think there's a very clear answer as to as to why we don't see this as much as 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 we should or could. And that is we don't do what they did in the Bible. Mm. What I mean by that is this. Uh, before Jesus made a major decision, he prayed right. before every decision. Jesus didn't just do, he prayed. And often he also fasted and prayed. And I think for my our Christian friends, it's Lent. Yeah. Whether, you're, whether you're Pentecostal or Protestant uh, 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 mainline or Catholic, we have 40 days until Easter. Why not fast? Why not fast a meal and pray? Why not uh, offer something up? I talked to a friend of mine this morning. I said, hey, what are you doing for Lent? And what he's doing is he's decided to read uh, some books on, 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 on spirituality, on Christianity, on theology, uh, to kind of build himself up as a Christian man. I thought that's a brilliant idea. Yeah. So my point is, and I, because it is Lent, I encourage our listeners to do something fast something because uh if you have a break if you have a, a break if you're praying for a breakthrough a you know a healing a financial issue well do what they did in the bible and they right. prayed and they fasted so anyways lent well i and, encourage folks to do that and to me it's about I, I i would say give more of yourself you know get involved more you know do do things for others engage in acts of Sure. service to others that you know that that is a, certainly a an, an important uh yeah i told that to to, to gracie and and liam liam's going to give up he, he he likes to have a, a coke zero he really enjoys his coke zero okay and, and he'll have one or two a day sometimes which okay. is too much so he's giving up coke zero and then my uh my grace really he's, enjoy switching, he's switching to joel cola instead <laughs> well no Go yeah ahead. he's well he's going off soda yeah and i and, and i encourage that he shouldn't be drinking a soda anyway but uh, and Grace, I think, is she's very into spice and uh, and 
and and peppers and and all and hot so- right. She loves it, so she's she's gonna give that up. But what, what, what? I suggest, what all I right, what I what I suggested, you had me had me until that point. What I suggested to her was rather than uh, rather than give up spices and peppers and all the rest because it's ubiquitous. You know what are you gonna do? I mean, mommy makes uh mommy makes something. You're not going to eat it because there's peppers and spice and red hot well, or whatever. She's not going to add to it. I, th- I assume that was what it is. She wasn't going to. No, she she like she, Hillary Clinton she, and carry her little she bottle. Did this of once, she, she did this once before and she went cold. Yeah. And she, but I said to her, I said, and to your point, I said, I said, Grace, why don't you instead uh, do every day purposefully acts of kindness, yeah. acts of service, acts of mercy? She goes, well, what, what would that be? And I said, well, I mean, your mom. Your mom's car is a wreck. Uh, we're going to have some nice weather this week. Yeah. Why don't Why don't you Why don't you go out and cl- without being asked to do it, go clean your mom's car. Yeah. And she's like, ah, oh, interesting. So she's when I pick her up from school later, she's going to give me her answer in terms of what her what her Lent fast will be. You know, can we shift gears for a second? Because sure. I mean, it, it, you know, you talk about this. We talk about the history of this, and we talk about. I mean, a part of this is the more general category of of why can't we all just get along um and i had a conversation with somebody because you know we're up on i this is going to be it's going to sound like a ham-handed segue but one of the things we want to talk about today is that we're coming up uh on the one-year anniversary of the uh russian invasion of ukraine and you know i was talking to somebody about sort of the contrast between um because there's been this and, and i'll say this because uh, it so thoroughly angered me uh, the other day. Um, my old friend, uh, who I haven't spoken to in a long time, Michael Steele, put up a meme, uh, a meme, a picture of. Did, did, uh, you, did you notice my eye roll when you said Michael yeah, Steele? Yeah, I did. Um, um, and thank you for describing it to our listeners. Um, <laughs> the, a picture, basically, a contrast between two pictures: one of of Trump and Putin standing next to each other. Uh, and then one of of uh, of Biden standing with uh, with Zelensky. Now, I listen. I don't have any problems with Biden going to Ukraine, and I, I want to sort of talk about this because I'm going to have the baby here. Um, but it ignored Steele's tweet. Ignored the 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 fact, Jerry, and you should be proud of me. I did not engage with him on this. I didn't start a Twitter war with him over this, or maybe you think I should have. But I, I, I immediately went to Google and pulled up four different pictures of Barack Obama with Vladimir Putin, yeah. in which Putin, in which Obama is either shaking hands with Putin or smiling at him, and it's led into this discussion of of the the various ways in which the Obama administration let the situation in Ukraine happen. Sure, um, absolutely. And 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 you know, and this person sort of pushed back and said, "Well, you know, I'm 62 years old." And uh, Russia's always misbehaved. And I'm like, you know something? I mean, it, it is it, to me, it's like, you know, you throw up your hands and say, you know, oh, you know, we've never gotten along with Russia. Well, okay. There's not getting along with Russia and there's Russia actually giving Russia license to invade a neighbor. Um, and, and, yeah, we could talk about George W. Bush and Russia invading Georgia. We could talk about, you know, we could get into the issues of Russia and, and, and Chechnya. Um, but but the reality here is that basically since 1979, between 1979 and 2012, and maybe that isn't a long time, um, but for a state, anyway, we hadn't seen this kind of 
aggression from the Russians. And it, it was only because, you know, 2012, you know, or 2014 was only because Barack Obama had said in 2012 uh, to Medvedev, uh, we're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to have more flexibility after the election. And then in 2014, doing nothing. And and yet here we are today. And, and let me, I'm sorry, I'm going to pontificate for a second. Because I just said, I don't have any problem with Joe Biden going to Kiev. That's fine. Or Kiev, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, I have a real problem with the, with Joe Biden is doing everything he can to make it very difficult for me to support anything that this administration is doing vis-a-vis Ukraine. Um, when we are talking about, when we are talking about uh, uh, um, propping up uh, the Ukrainian pension system, right? Uh, and and essentially at, at the same time, the uh, the administration is talking is is talking about not doing anything to help the people in East Palestine, Ohio. I, I've got a real real problem with that. Uh, at the same time, when you know they're talking about sending all of this weaponry over, which I support. But at the same time, right, Jerry, we know that Russia is almost out of munitions. We know that they are. Their their manufacturing sector is stretched to the limit. And we also know that China is going to come in. The Chinese foreign minister is going to come meet with them. The only way Russia can pay for this weaponry from China is through its oil dollars. And the only reason why Russia still has oil dollars is because we are uh, not flooding the market with cheap U.S. oil. Sorry, go ahead. No, but... Again, you 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 raise so many good points here, and a, a couple of things. Uh, number one, uh, Michael Steele is a fool, and and he's now a useful idiot uh, for the left. Um, he does this on Twitter because he's no longer relevant, uh, and he still has to earn a paycheck uh, for his grift for his grifting, and so therefore he goes and he uh, tweets out a picture of Putin and Trump. Uh, and and of course, you know the juxtaposition uh, with uh, with Biden and the Ukraine leader. Uh, but again, uh, you know, it's as if it's as if uh, he's uh, he's arrogant in his ignorance, or he's or he's ag- he, he's arrogant in his uh, in his grift. And, and and what I mean by that is is that he's obviously being paid uh, to be oh. anti-Trump. But here's the thing: Trump is no longer president. Right. A a a b. Uh, for four years under the Trump administration, Russia didn't invade anybody. That's right. I mean, literally, they invaded uh, the the Crimea uh, during the Obama years. Right, and we did uh, nothing. And right during the Obama years. Right. And then there was a four year period where Russia literally did not invade any of its neighbors. That's right. And then we had uh, Joe Biden, and very early in the Biden presidency, and again, uh, we knew it was happening. They were building. They were building uh, uh, troops and, and and material on the border, and and Biden kept on saying they won't do it. They won't do it. Uh, full force of American uh, diplomatic uh, uh, might, uh, and then they did it. And Which, here's the point. But but, here, no, but, yeah. but here's the point. I want to add to this. So yeah, we had lots of time to isolate Russia. We never did it since the invasion. One year. Uh, we've had lots of time uh, to isolate Russia, right. and we haven't done so. The president said in uh, you in in uh, Poland, he said that next week he's going to announce more sanctions. What more sanctions? Why haven't we done these sanctions already? Sure. Yeah. We've allowed Russia uh, to uh, to 
be engaged in the world market. If we were serious about defeating the Russians and aiding Ukraine, uh, we would have done much more on the sanction side. Let me continue for sure, a second, please. Uh, I agree with you. I, I am. I am. In, I support aiding uh, Ukraine. I look. You know. You and I had. Oh a, had yes. A, we had an argument on our podcast where I. I think we should send you. You as troops. Yeah. Uh, I think we. What do we have? Ten thousand troops in Poland. I think we should have a hundred thousand troops in Poland. Uh, I think we should be much more forceful. Uh, and again, I'm not a. I'm not pro war. Uh, but this is. You know, we can't allow Russia or any world power to just simply invade its neighbors. We can't do it. Let me which lead which leads no. to this. Yes. And I said this on WBAL show yesterday. Uh, what is Biden's policy in the Ukraine? We still don't know. All we know is is that it's it's to give them is to give them money and weapons. Give money and weapons. But, we, but, 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 but we're right. giving them money and weapons so essentially they can fight to a standstill. Right. And yes. so and so and so here's the big question, Andrew. Yes. Yeah. Um Russia, it looks like, can't fully defeat Ukraine without aid from China. Right. So what does the United States do when China comes in and aids the Russians? Well, that's and that's the, that's that's right. That's the sixty-four thousand. Actually, sixty-four thousand is a is a right. is a bargain compared to the the price that that is paid. But this, there. but this is it. This, let me, let me this, you, this let me administration hasn't articulated what its policy is. What and, is and, what is the goal? We don't know yet. Well, right, and and so it's it's a situation. You know, and it's funny because forty years from now, regardless of what happens with this time, regardless how this all ends, forty years from now, historians are going to peel back. Uh, what was going on in this in this administration? And and th- one of the things that one of the conclusions they're going to come to is that I, I suspect is that there, there was a the fatal conceit, the hubris in, in the same way that there was massive hubris during the Kennedy administration and the Johnson administration in the 60s vis-a-vis Vietnam. Right. The hubris there was we can win this war. Um, and, and well, no, I, I, I don't think that was the hubris. The hubris was, uh, we don't have to win the war. We could just use our soldiers as fodder. Uh, and the, the point of Vietnam was never to win. That was always well, the problem. No, the, the, well, I think, I no, I think right at the be- very beginning, right. And the reason why we started said Kennedy started sending troops in and then Johnson continued is that they were hoping to push. The North Vietnamese out of the South. I don't think the point was ever to unify Vietnam under a no, but under, but 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 Andrew, if, if the United States wanted to in 1964, April of 64, when we when we we had a troop buildup, um, if the if the if the U.S. wanted to, in two weeks they could have pushed the South, uh, the 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 South. Uh, I'm sorry, the North Vietnamese out of the South. We we chose not to. We. Well, I mean, listen, we, we can talk about sort of the rules of engagement. I think there was the expectation. Maybe maybe you and I have two very two different definitions of winning, Jerry. The 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 my 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 point is not to rehash Vietnam. No, my I understand. Is no, but, but this, this is very relevant. Conceit. This is very relevant to Ukraine because uh, it, you're right. We are following kind of the Vietnam model, and that is uh, going into it. Albeit now we're doing it with uh, material and with, with with wealth and not with soldiers, not not with men. Uh, however, uh, we should have asked these questions in Vietnam. What was Kennedy Johnson's goal in Vietnam? Uh, we we I, I would argue to this day we still don't know what it was. Okay, except to, except to keep the Russians, the Soviets off balance. Well, yes, and so so my my point is is that I my 
and I'm going to make the case for this with regards to the nuclear treaty right. and that issue, which has cropped up this week, which is that that the fatal conceit, the hubris of the Biden administration was that they never expected the Russians to actually do what they did and invade. Right. 40 years from now, that's what we're going to discover is that is that inside the Biden White House, they were saying the Russians will never do this. They'll never they'll never go and try to invade wholesale. Maybe they'll try to take the eastern Donbass, but they won't try to they won't try to take the country wholesale. And they were caught completely flat footed. And, and my point in all of this is so this week and this should be have come to no surprise to anybody. It's being reported that Putin announced that they were ending their participation in this nuclear proliferation treaty. Well, the reality is the treaty was coming to an end and it was supposed to be renegotiated. And in fact, in 2020, you know, before Biden was elected and as Biden was, you know, taking office, there was all kinds of press in which team Biden was saying, we are going to go and we are going to renegotiate this treaty with the Russians. This is part and parcel of what we're going to do. Their focus was on trying to find some way to cooperate with the Russians then they go and nothing really gets done. And we have the disastrous pullout from Afghanistan. And Russia says, you know something? These guys are weak. They're not going to do a damn thing. Right. And so we're going to we're going to invade. And so, right. All people seem to forget that there was all of this stuff leading up to sure. the, the invasion. And and here is where we are. I'm sorry, Jerry, go ahead. No, that's and, my, and again, my, I, my point. I, and I'm glad you mentioned the the uh, the disastrous pull out from Afghanistan. Right. Uh, this absolutely uh, emboldened Putin. Here's what I don't understand. And I'll ask you this. Okay. I don't understand why Putin is playing around. He could take Ukraine. But again, it's it's almost like the Vietnam syndrome again. Go take Ukraine. He could, well, he, he, they have, they, they are leaving 90% of their power off the table. They are. They are. They are. That's true. Look, I mean, are they, you? I mean, unless you're talking about carpet bombing, yeah. Carpet. All right. So you, take okay. out. Take out. I mean, th- why are you allowing Ukraine troops to travel on roads? Blow the roads up. Uh, why? Why are you allowing uh, the 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 head of Ukraine, the president of Ukraine, to to be living in a palace somewhere? Go bomb the. Go bomb Kiev. Bomb it. Well, I mean, they they have launched missiles in terms of I'm saying I think send in patrol after patrol after patrol. I mean, I think my point is, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's Putin's goal? Well, Putin's goal, Putin's goal is to is to secure a country intact. This is the same reason why they didn't completely, you know, steamroll over all of Afghanistan and why they, you know, why they they fought Afghanistan as a ground war. They want to have some kind of infrastructure intact. I think right now it's it's a, about attrition plus time out for a second. I think they understand that the Ukrainians now have a much, much more sophisticated air defense system than they've ever had before. And I think Putin doesn't want to run the risk of having his air force disabled now listen, I would love it. I would love it if he if he started bombing and, and or started if, launching planes. Well, you'd love it. You I, I, hold love on, it. I want to be really clear here. Yeah. I would love it if he started launching planes to start seeing Russian planes fall out of the sky because then it gets much, much more expensive. Yeah. Although I don't think that would happen. I think that if Putin wanted to, again, be strategic. No, um, Jerry, I think you want to leave that you want to leave, you know, a, a somewhat functioning 
uh, infrastructure in the country that you will conquer. All right, so take uh, take uh, Ukraine's second largest city and say, you know what? You have until, what is it? We're, we're in February. Uh, you have until April 10th uh, to surrender. I, Jerry, I, he's, or we're I blowing think, this city see, up. This is the, the the problem is is that I don't think I don't think Putin has the materiel, the men or the materiel, uh, the kinds of troops that you would need to engage in that. Right. This was the whole point of the way he invaded the nation. Uh, again, in, the, in much of the same way that the Biden administration was caught by surprise by all of this, uh, the Putin administration administration, the Putin regime was caught by surprise. Remember, they tried to invade on multiple fronts and they got a certain distance on the south and they got a certain distance in the north. Right. But they but they couldn't get any further. Their their attempts at lightning war, and I'm going to use the phrase, their attempts at blitzkrieg failed miserably. Um, and it was because, you know, the Ukrainians, A, they're fighting on their own turf, so they're motivated, they were unified, uh, they had decent weapons and material. Now the Russians are running out of manpower, they're running out of ammunition, they're running out of arms. This is the problem with what happens with uh with uh um with China coming in. And the Russians cutting a deal with China for Chinese, Chinese munitions for Russian oil. I don't, I, again, I, I, I get what you're saying. And th this is the news reports. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe Russia's running out of anything. Oh, I, I think, think this are. is, I think this is a rope, this is a rope, a dope strategy here. Unless Putin has gone mad, whatever illness that he has. Uh, if, if what you're saying is true and, if what the news reports, if they're true, then our intelligence community has been wrong about Russia uh, for 20 years. Yeah, but they, Jerry, they, they, we, sorry, go ahead. They, 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 they were never the threat we thought they were. They well, were never the geopolitical uh, um, uh, competitor uh, that we said they were. Well, listen, this was always the question at the tail end of the Cold War. As things started to get opened up and for Americans, Westerners could go and look for themselves and and they could see that it was what they called a, a Potemkin village. I don't know if you're familiar. Sure. With that yeah, term. of course. Yeah. Yeah. So so that it was essentially one big right. It's like it's like North Korea um, right along. I don't know if you and I have ever talked about this. So I've been up to actually I, I don't even know if you and I have talked about this part of it. I've been up to the demilitarized zone in North Korea um, and or, I'm sorry, in South Korea to look over at North Korea. And as you drive up to the demilitarized zone along the DMZ on the North side of the DMZ, uh, the, the, the Kim family, Kim Il-sung, Kim Jong-il, Kim Il-sung, I already said that the Kims, they built these massive cities along the DMZ. Only there's nobody living in them. Right. Yeah. It's, a, it's a shell. Uh, like like the 110-story building in downtown Pyongyang uh, that is empty because, you know, he, he was never able to complete it. Like a lot of things that are done for show. Um, and, and so, you know, you look at the reality of, of Russia, and we can get into all, not that we need to get into all the reasons why Russia is the way it is. But I think that so little has been learned by the Russians you know, since the fall of communism in the early nineties, that to me, it's no great mystery if they're, if their manufacturing sector can't produce the weapons that they need because they can't. Trade but again, them. so let's bottom line this. And that is, yeah. and that is there, there's a lesson here for 
for the United States, and, uh, which is that Russia is not the threat, not the geopolitical competitor uh, that we have believed thus far. And so Biden should stop, pardon my language, effing around, and he should completely isolate it. Uh, the 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 West should isolate Russia so it collapses, period. And so uh, so China doesn't have a potential partner for mischief. So if you if you let Russia if you let Russia fail, not just be defeated in Ukraine, but fail, right? Then you take a piece off the chessboard, so to speak, in terms of China. Now now let me say this. Yeah, uh, North Korea isn't. I I don't understand why we don't reset the the left the progressives the globalists like to use that word the yeah. great reset. We should have a great reset where we where we just start pushing back on the bullies. Well that was right that right? was the Trump remember that was the Trump doctrine. That was what Trump was trying yeah, to do. You're right. You're and, right. And and it, you know and and he was see this is this is the great failure. We need to bring Paul Post back on. He was the international relations professor from Chicago that we had on last year. I'm trying yeah, to get to the other right. podcast. Um, but but this is the great failure of the the bulk of the international relations community. Yeah. Um, in that in that there is a certain way of looking at things and a certain language to doing things and a certain deliberate uh, set of deliberate steps that you do to engage with uh, with uh, an opponent or a rival. Right. I think of that. State. I think of that scene in the in the movie about Kennedy. Yeah. 13 uh, days. I knew you were going right, to go. There. Yes. Right. And, you know, this, and, is a, this is a whole new language. Right. But you see, that's been our shells. Right. But that's been our foreign policy. Uh, 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 operating procedure since then, and I look. I, I I give this to you. Yes, it's it's all been wrong, right? And and so you know, and so the issue, the issue, and this is part of the problem with having. Lord knows, I I understand why we have it's the it's the same reason why we have a a professional administrative bureaucracy, you know, who does these things. But the problem when you have a a professional and and a professional international relations, this is not what I'm looking for, foreign policy, foreign affairs bureaucracy, is that if someone comes in at the head, who is the elected president of the United States, who wants to change the way we do things, um, then there is pushback from the rank and file. Yeah, uh, It's funny, I, I, I rewatched, I love this movie, cannot get my family members to watch it, uh, Charlie Wilson's War. Oh, so which one, one of the best movies ever made, uh uh tom hanks is phenomenal uh and uh the other actor who passed away uh yeah um um oh good lord the three-name guy uh yeah. anyway it's uh Philip Seymour? Seymour Hoffman yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he is is it is it he is he is fantastic the congressman shows up in uh Karachi the capital of Pakistan to have a briefing with the CIA uh the CIA head yeah. Uh, the, the chief of station in, in Karachi about what to do about Afghanistan. And and basically the CIA uh, station chief can't be bothered um, that that he was offending him because because Charlie Wilson was going to upset the apple cart in his region. And it right. took a whole group of sort of I'm not going to say rogue agents, but a, a subversive element within the CIA to to sort of push this policy through internally. My my point is that you're right, Jerry, that we needed to have an aggressive real world view of these things, and yet we do not. 
and say what you will about Donald Trump. Donald, you're, Donald Trump was aggressive with the Russians when he needed to be. He was open to meeting with Putin when he needed to be, as any president should. Right. Um, he was not going to do engage in any policy that was going to. Andrew, I, I just pulled up. I Googled uh, Biden and Putin. Yeah. Uh, there are dozens and dozens of pictures of Joe Biden and Putin smiling, uh, shaking hands, uh, you know, uh, back. back. It's no uh, joke, folks. It's yeah. no joke. But I tell you what, I mean, again, I, and, and, and and even I get uh, even I'm getting bored of this conversation about Russia. So, uh, so our, because, because the bottom Russia, line is Russia, Russia. Yeah, but, but the bottom line is, is that uh, we don't know what Biden's policy is uh, yesterday or this week in, in Poland. It was a photo op. I'm fine with a photo op, but it was a photo op. Right. Uh, no new uh, no new uh, policy. Uh, there was nothing announced. Uh, in fact, it, it, it's 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 concerning to me that the president is taking a victory lap before there's a victory, and it's oh, very making it's very a George dangerous. W. Bush mistake. Yeah, it's very dangerous. But the bottom line is, is that those who are in the field of journalism, here we go again. Uh, we should be forcing the president to articulate what what success looks like. What are what are the administration's goals? Uh, what is the policy? You know what? What is what is U.S. policy in Ukraine? There isn't one. There, I mean, there you, uh, and there you, hasn't and there hasn't right. been one. And that's the, and, and you would think, Jerry, time out right. for a second. You would think, given the longstanding familiar relationship between Joe Biden and the people of Ukraine, <laughs> that Joe Biden would be able, the team Biden would be able to articulate such a message. But here's the thing. Yeah, just just real quick because. In my research about this issue of the nuclear treaty, I, I went back and, and one of my favorite uh, pinatas, uh, Taneo Holdings, was brought up, a, a, a staffer with uh, uh, or a team member of Taneo Holdings. This has everything to do with, by the way, Hillary Clinton being secretary of state and uh, some of her team members also consulting for Taneo while they were senior State Department officials. They were involved in crafting Biden's um, uh, uh foreign policy vis-a-vis -vis, and i used air quotes uh vis-a-vis -vis ukraine i'm sorry go ahead jerry well i i, I and i know you're bored with the because comments. of that because of that stunning uh, observation you made i forgot where my train of thought was um we biden uh, biden enunciating some kind of foreign policy in, 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 given given his family's uh, close relationship with uh, ukraine i don't you know what that wasn't let's move on I mean, we're at the we're at the one year anniversary, and and yes, we should we should have some kind of articulation as to what we need to do to move forward. Um, speaking of which, and speaking of things that the Biden administration is doing, um, because we are we are right now at the uh, um, we are just past two years, Jerry, two years of the Biden administration. As yeah. crazy as that is, um, and and we're seeing the results uh, every day. Well. And, and again, we can we can we can move into domestic policy, but but suffice it to say that the 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 policy on Ukraine on Russia, uh, and again he announced all of these bennies for Ukraine migrants and refugees, is that the Biden administration likes to spend lots of money. Yes, and what's happening is, and I wonder if this is not purposeful. You know, you do have an element in the Congress uh, that is very uh, skeptical of Ukraine policy. Right. Uh, and without a policy goal, without the administration articulating what its goals are, how do you define success? Uh, it is feeding into that that uh, that group this in Congress. Is, 
And I wonder if it's not on purpose. Uh, that's I, the, I, yeah. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. If I had the dinger with me, I would, yeah. I would say that. what Jerry is saying is, is that Biden is trying to make it so difficult, even for conservatives like me and Jerry yeah. to, to support, support to support right. the efforts in Ukraine, right? That what he wants to do is he wants to create this dichotomy as to, uh, for, for running for president in 2024, yes. which is interesting, yes. right? So he can point all Republicans as being right. pawns of Russia. Yes. Whereas it's far more right. nuanced and subtle than this. I mean, you will not get a greater Russian hawk than me. Uh, and right, again, we, we, right. we just we just came full circle because, the, you know, the, the left, the progressives, the pro Biden folks don't do anything by accident. Everything is coordinated. So it's by no it's, it's not by accident, uh, Andrew, that your friend, Michael Steele, uh, uh, tweeted out a picture mm. of Trump and Putin because this is where they're going. Right. And again, and, and they want to make it so. Uh, so it's a. It's an us versus them, and 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 not only are they insurrectionists, not only uh, do they uh, do they uh, uh, not respect uh, uh, communities of color, not only all of these other things, they're also in the pocket of of, of Vladimir Putin. Right. It, it comes down to, and I and I, you know, we so much should check. They, I don't have the time for it. But, you know, there are always these instances when a new narrative comes out from the left where people are essentially reporters, reporters, which is insane, but activists on the left and reporters, et cetera, who all are saying the exact same things. Yeah, they have they have tweets or other kinds of posts or articles that are all very similarly worded. I did not go and check to see if other folks had been posting uh, this kind of stuff. Of course, uh, uh, the uh, I mean uh, the the Atlantic uh, uh, top of the page at the Atlantic today uh, is running this same kind of of, uh, of of uh, of of slant that is yes. you know you know look at Joe look Biden at the contrast exactly right and which again is, it's which it's, is you know it's, it's one of those situations in which in which I know people who will see the picture of Biden with Zelensky and then the picture of Trump with Putin and they will eat it up. And they will, they will, it is like, you know, um, um, oh, I don't remember who the poet was who wrote the Lotus Eaters. Lotus, you know, Lotus makes you forget, right? That, that, um, that, uh, that they will completely forget, A, that there are pictures of Joe Biden with Vladimir Putin or Barack Obama with Vladimir Putin. You know what? You talk about conspiracy theories. Yeah. Uh, um, I wonder sometimes if, because can a president be this incompetent? In terms of again, you want to isolate Russia. You do that by by flooding the market with 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 cheap American energy. But Biden has done the opposite. Uh, you want to oh. uh, you want to deter the Russians from invading Ukraine. Uh, and so, what do you do uh, on a lark? You just all of a sudden pull all the troops out of Af Afghanistan. Uh, th there was no there was no. It seemed like no planning. We just pulled out. I, you and see, so I, I always you, come back to Hanlon's razor. Never attribute to malice that which can just as but if, be but if, however, if if the Democrats view uh, Russia, 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 Trump, Russia, sure. Trump, 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 Russia, Russia, Russia as key to their perpetual majority, well, then they have to they have to be strategic right. on keeping the Russians as a threat as keeping putin as a threat and again if you look at what this administration has done everything it's done uh, has been to 
encourage Russia to be the bad actor that Russia, uh, even Germany. Look, for our friends, Germany, right? Germany, for no other reason but ideological reasons, gave up its nuclear uh, facilities, nuclear energy, gave up its coal it's coal. It's coal fire plants, uh, and and uh, and went 100 renewable with Russia energy as its backup. Donald Trump said to the Germans, and he was laughed at. He said, "Don't do this." Yes, because Putin's not a good guy, and if you're going to depend upon Russian oil, uh, you're going to be speaking Russian. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. Sure, everyone laughed. And where are we today? Right. Uh, Ger- Germany, listen to me. Sorry. Germany is actually importing coal. They're right. going the, Germany is deforesting because it's using wood to, yeah. to heat homes and they're using coal again. Uh, but the thing is they have to import coal from South Africa. And by the way, the most recent climate change agreements, uh, Germany is literally paying South Africa not to burn coal Yeah, as Germany is now importing coal from South Africa. My point is, is that could you have arranged this? Uh, again, uh, Donald Trump, with all his Trumpiness, was 100% right on Germany. We, we, and it's one of those situations, and I'm going to say this, we hate we hate it when Donald Trump is right. Yes, I mean it we drives we me really, nuts. We really it makes really me do. seem like a crazy person. So, uh, keep in mind, this is Donald Trump before January of 2021, because I think Jerry and I are both in agreement. That right, January 6th broke Donald Trump's brain, like everybody right. else's brain. And here, and here's part, but, but, and here's, but, but, and here's, here's part of the problem too, where Kevin McCarthy has to get a hold of his caucus. I am sick and tired sick and tired of seeing marjorie taylor green right. that woman that woman is an absolute nuisance to liberty yeah and she's a big problem well, this right, week jerry it this gets week, into yeah. the conspiracy theory right which is you couldn't uh, invent a more destructive you know someone who is more doing doing the work of the progressives more to destroy republicans yes. and conservatives than marjorie taylor green marjorie taylor green came out this week and said that uh we need a civil war be, yes but but, but even even more than that, she said, you know, the great we need it. We need a national divorce. She's wrong. Saying. She's yeah. wrong, by the way. Uh, and she's and, and it's horrific that she would even say this as a positive. But but also what she said, as a so-called and, and, Christian conservative, it also defies nut. reality. Right. But also. Yeah. But but also, you know, we're seeing this great migration from blue states to red states, California, Illinois, Maryland, New York. Yeah. Uh, there's this great, great migration. And it's interesting because it looks like the United States is really uh, we're settling into those who want less government, more individual freedom, uh, settling in free states or red states. And you have those who are more engaged or, or, or their value system is more diversity, equity, inclusion, equity, politics, tribalism, you know, favored groups, victim groups, et cetera. And, and it seems that we're settling this way. So this moron, and I'll say moron, I know you're not supposed to get personal, uh, but she, but she's a United States Congresswoman, so I'm not sure if I'm punching up or punching down, but <laughs> but she's a moron uh, when she says that if you move from New York to Florida or you move from a blue state to a red state, uh, there should be a prohibition on you f- uh, from voting for voting for five years. Yeah, She actually said that. I, yep, I saw it. How can you be in favor of liberty and liberty government and in favor of 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 the things that we you and I fight for and sure. talk about and say such a stupid thing. Right. 
it, it there there's got to there's got to be there's got to be something there. You know, it's interesting. But to Kevin me. McCarthy should open up his mouth and say, you know what, Marjorie Green, I'm kicking you off. Keep on saying these dumb things. Yes, I'm, I'm taking you off all your committees. Yeah. No, I think I think you're right. And obviously, there are all kinds of rumors about the relationship between Marjorie Taylor Greene and and Kevin McCarthy. But but set all of that aside for a moment. Yeah. Uh, Tom Nichols, who I brought up on the show before, who is a darling of the left. Uh, he wrote a book, uh, just a, uh, just a, I was going to use a bit. It's just an awful book about the death of expertise. Yeah. It's just hogwash. But the point is that, that Tom Nichols got up there and he made a statement. I wanted to ask you about this, Jerry. He essentially said that guys like you and me, you know, conservatives or other folks who are from rural America. Uh, we spend way too much time thinking about what's going on in America's cities, Baltimore, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, New York, et cetera. Whereas people in these cities, they don't think about ever uh, what's happening in rural America. They don't care about the policies of what's happening in Alabama or Mississippi. And I sat there, I said, wait a, wait a minute. I could name example after example where coastal elites are trying to tell rural Americans how to live their lives and what they want to do. And, and not, not only that, but they're doing it on the micro level. They, right. they want they want to, uh, the, the, the coastal elites want to tell folks in rural America uh, that they can't zone uh, a single family house on an acre of land. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's that micro. I mean, absolutely. No, it's, 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 it's a situation in, in which, you know, I, I think about every example of the coastal elites telling rural counties uh, not about not just about zoning for housing, but about land use policy generally. Sure. You know, every time you want I mean, to, this uh, is this this has been a huge issue. Yes, uh, for Western states, it, it, it's for it, for for gen for two generations, uh, well, multiple generations. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it, it goes back it goes back forever. It's one of the it's one of those situations where you know I I sit here and I think about again Tom Nichols. Uh, wrote a book on uh, essentially saying that if you're not an expert in an issue, then sit down and shut the F up. That this is one of those situations in which Tom Nichols ought to sit down and shut the F up. Well, again, <laughs> this is this yeah. is a new theme in, in, in my mind yes. when I'm when I'm thinking about the left and those who are woke. And again, I, I, I've been saying this. I've been saying that diversity, equity and inclusion, the politics around that, because uh, when they say diversity, they don't mean diversity like you and I think about it. It's not competition of ideas. It's not um, the breadth, the depth of our differences. And we bring it together and there's a mosaic and we, we, come with to, we come and we find consensus and agreement. No, diversity to them means sameness. You must do what I say, how I, how I say it, when I say it. Uh, and, and if not, you know, then then you're not diverse. It equity is diversity is in, in only and equity and inclusion in only the most superficial way of looking at sure. it, which is to so, say, do you look different than I do? If you look different than I do, but even but even, differently, right. and you think differently than I do, then you're out. But you have to think the same way that I do. So, so it's it, yeah. Yeah, so, so, but, so, but, so they're the experts uh, who are the DEI experts, these uh, and, and this is their religion. This is their ideology. But there are others who, who buy into it. And it's interesting. I was listening to a podcast uh, and uh, these uh, these folks were talking about how uh, there, there are there are psych tests, intelligence tests that you can give uh, to figure out a person's ideology. Yes. And it turns out that the woke, those who accept wokeness. Uh, there's three tells, uh, women, 
are more are more apt to be to be woke than men. Um, uh, those who are uh, recently uh, uh, in an educational establishment uh, who are given the indoctrination over and over sure. again. At right. some point, you you you're the capture uh, you're the captured um, uh, 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 victim, but you begin to accept what your captors are telling you. But the third is low verbal intelligence. Yeah. And and uh, and so and so the in other words, those people who don't read, people who don't read books, yeah. are 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 more are more likely to be woke. But here's my point, my theme in my head, and that is, and I thought, and I I think about the the young person I talk to, and they say something like, "It's not fair, Andrew. California has forty million people, and they only have two senators. Right? Wyoming has." Less than a million people, and they have two senators. Right. This is undemocratic. We have to change this. Uh, and again, and they're and they're arrogant. And they're and here's the thing: they're arrogant in their ignorance. Yes. I, I I think of Michael Steele. Michael Steele has turned into an arrogant tool, and the reason is is because of his ignorance. And and and, and this is my uh, this is it. The, 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 there's hubris and ignorance. So it's funny because we I've been watching. So since um, uh, Noah, Noah, whatever his name was, I was going to say Noah Taylor, but wasn't Noah Taylor in um, Chomsky. Around. What? No, well, not Chomsky. Noam Chomsky. Anyway, the guy who was the host of The Daily Show left and The Daily Show has been Trevor, through, Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah. The Daily Show has been cycling through a, a series of guest hosts. And, and now they have the, the, the wackadoo uh, uh, Chelsea Handler's doing it now. No, no, no. She was doing it, I think, last week or two weeks All right, ago. Whatever. Um, no, this week it's been, uh, or most recently it's been Sarah Silverman. Yeah, by the way, more people will listen to this podcast and watch the uh, uh, comedy. Okay, but though. but here's the thing, right? I was intrigued. I was intrigued to go and hear what Sarah Silverman had to say, right? Because she, I, I find her funny. Um, she launched into an essay, and everybody, by the way, everybody is trying to be Bill Maher, right? Bill Maher, who we disagree with. Bill Maher, who we agree with. But the point is, they recognize that 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 Bill Maher's got something for the left. So Sarah Silverman did a piece the other day on uh, why people hate each other in America, the, the, the political, why, why the political divisions are so deep. Um, and she of course blamed uh, the outrage. Donald machines. Trump. Well, she blamed the outrage machines on MSNBC and Fox um, and politicians who want to stir us up to hate each other. And it's a, and, and I came away with, and this gets into what you're talking about, Jerry. One of the, the most important things she missed is, as our kids are being indoctrinated at elementary school, in middle school, in high school, and then, of course, in college, as they're being taught that America is a force for evil, that the founding fathers were bad men, they were slaveholders, they were this, they were at, right? Uh, uh, somebody the other day in uh, President's Day tweeted out, uh, remember, we're celebrating a man who owned X numbers of slaves. So long as we are being taught or that a certain percentage of the population is being taught that the principles upon which this nation were founded are bad because the men who offered them were bad, uh, that our revolution was fought to uh, protect slavery, which it wasn't, right? The whole idea behind the 1619 project. So long as there is a certain percentage of the population that believes this, we are never going to be able to come together as a people because if we don't have a common perspective, right, up until about 1980, listen, I'll say it, 1989, right, up until about that point, I'm actually going to say up until about 1985, 
because that's really when diversity started being taught in schools. Uh, you could be reasonably assured that students were coming away with at least the common perspective that America was a great nation. Uh, and that and that we all, at least at the core, we may disagree on issues, we may disagree on certain elements of philosophy, but at the end of the day, America is great because of the principles upon which we were founded. Once you throw that away, Americans can't come together. Jerry's writing furiously. No, no, I'm 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 thinking of I was looking for a, a tweet from one of the um one of the uh critical race theory leaders. He had tweeted out on President's Day that, um, you know, that, 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 you know, these eight presidents um, own slaves and these three presidents own slaves when they were president and yeah. talked about how what we're celebrating really uh, in America. This is the uh, point. Right. Is is uh, is all based on slavery. But then I, I, I think about this. The slave trade. About 95% of all the slaves that came to the Americas never made it to the to the colonies. Okay. Only about between four and six percent of the slaves uh that 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 landed in America actually went to the colonies. The others went to the Caribbean islands, they went to South America. Uh, my point is this: if 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 America's wealth, its success, uh, its privilege. Uh, is due to slavery, then why isn't South America rich? Sure. Yes. Why? Why isn't the Caribbean rich? Why? Why? Why isn't Brazil the number one uh, superpower in in the country? Why isn't Argentina? Have you? Have, but, has right, anybody, but, has right, anybody so, written on right? that? No. No. I, yes. No. No one has. Of course not. It's in. It's in here, and 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 that's and this is the problem. The problem is is that is you know. The whole sixteen nineteen critical race theory is um, is easy to dispute. Uh, the problem is is that uh, we lack the courage to do it. We don't want right. to be called racist. Uh, but also, uh, look, it goes back to what I said earlier today. Uh, we have we have an enormous historical amnesia in this country. Mm. Where where look, we, it's it's hard to remember uh, that. Joe Biden surrendered Afghanistan just a year and a half ago, sure. whatever, you know, what, however long ago. And so it's difficult to make these arguments. Like, again, who? Time out, time out, time out, time out. Let me just gin on that point. Yeah. It is difficult enough to remember that Joe Biden surrendered Afghanistan 18 months ago. It is therefore impossible to remember that Joe Biden opposed busing and the, and the integration of schools when he was a senator almost 50 years ago. Right, Jerry? I mean, right. yeah, go ahead. But again, this is the importance of teaching history and knowing history. Look, when I was a kid, Andrew, and I'm sure you were similar, I loved maps and dates. 100%. I, I knew that. I still love know, maps. I, you know, you know, I could tell you uh, the, uh, the years of, what are you doing? I'm pulling a map off the wall, which nobody can see because yeah. of the way our but um nope, nobody can see it. <laughs> but um invisible map. Uh, Go I, ahead. I, I, you I, love once again, I, I once again forget my point. Once no, again, maps the, and dates. You love maps and dates. I, it, it's in, it's important that we learn uh, historical dates. Yes. You know when Pearl Harbor happened. What years the Civil War was fought? Uh, when uh, uh, Germany invaded uh, Poland? Uh, th th 
And we're not doing that any longer. We're right. not requiring young people uh, to uh, how many miles is in between Sparta and Athens? Uh, when, 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 you know, all, all these very important questions. And here's my point. My point is, yeah. is, is that if we forget history, then we are doomed, right? right 100%. To repeat it. Yes. And and this is true in this is true in, in your personal life. You know, you don't want to make the same mistakes as your father, your grandfather, or your you know. You, you want to learn from those mistakes. But it's, it seems in, in geopolitics today, and and also domestic politics, we're perfectly happy just re remaking mistakes. And to this point, it is abundantly clear, based upon every bit of evidence, that America was not founded on slavery, and that slavery. Uh, is not the reason why America is the success and the superpower it is today. And again, one simple fact, 96% of all slaves landed somewhere else in, in the Americas. But also, but Jerry, yet, I, mean, I would turn it around on its head. I, I think right. I think the point, the point that, you, yes, I mean, it gets to your point, which is to say that if, you, you know, America got X number of slaves, um, the these other nations whether it's nations in the Caribbean, which were frankly, some of them were French protectorates, some of them were English, uh, some of them were Spanish. Um, certainly in South America, they were all they were all either Spanish or French or Portuguese colonies. Right. Yeah. Um, that they all got slaves. And if it was slavery was the determining factor in the wealth, then it would be then which then it would be which which is yeah. the very that is the backbone of the 1619 project. project and also it's the background of critical race theory yeah. uh and and how everything in america flows from slavery it's wrong yes i mean again and I mean, yet and yet yes and 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 yet there is the the anybody who tries to push back on this is called a racist or they're told this is my other favorite tactic in all of this and this is a a, a quintessential tactic of the left it is like a massive jedi mind trick uh, critical race theory. Well, there is no critical race right, theory. I love that. You can't. Exist. You're just. We're just teaching history. No, you're. You're not just teaching history. Uh, and it goes back to remind them. Or, or 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 think of Andrea Mitchell, the uh, the news reporter uh, who asked uh, uh, Vice President Harris uh, a week ago and said, "What do you make of Ron DeSantis refusing uh, to teach uh, slavery and Black history in Florida schools?" And then. Vice President Harris went on to talk about how this is a horrible thing, but it's not happening. Right. So right. The, 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 the question was a lie. But then Vice President Harris then answers the question. Sure. Of course. It's like it's like the progressives just live in their own world. Well, and, and more to the point, they, they and the press is is so it's a sy sycophantic is, is not even the right word. They're just so much in bed with. Right. They used to there used to be lists that I'm sure somebody has produced a list already of the relationship between people who work in the Biden White House and major media. Right. You know, they're, they're all dating or married to somebody. But, but again, is is is, is 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 Andrea Mitchell ignorant or is she being political? She's being or political. Both. Yeah. So so yeah. she knows. So Andrea Mitchell knows that it's untrue. They're not teaching. Uh, they're not you know, about African-American history and, and slavery, uh, what they're teaching in Florida. She knows the truth. Yet she still will just out lie, just out, well, out she lie. Will, she will claim she will claim ignorance, right? She will claim I didn't, I don't know. I, you know, I'm just. But that's that. But see, Wait. here's the here's the interesting thing. Let me just sort of get. Would back you to this would you ever ask a question to a guest on on your show if 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 you didn't understand the premise of the question? No, 
Of course not. No, but but my 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 point is so you know I am just it's, you talk about the gaslighting and the the attempt of the Jedi mind trick on people about these things. I am reminded of way back when while we were debating Obamacare, and there was a mass movement opposing the Affordable Care Act on on good solid philosophical reasons, not the least of which was it wasn't going to fix the underlying problem of the affordability of medical care, and in fact it was going to make the problem worse set that aside. So, you know, we got confronted by uh, uh, representatives from the Service Employees International Union at an event, including one woman. And I'm dying. I've always wanted to know who this person was, because, you know, now that we are 13 years past this, I want to know where the, I really am dying to know where this person is, um, um, because I was I was right. And this person was a liar. And I obviously I hold a grudge like this. The point is, Anytime this this person would go in those, like we see all the time, you know, you confront somebody at a rally uh, to uh, uh, try to trip them up and demonstrate how they're wrong. So she would go up to somebody and ask them about their uh, particular perception of the Affordable Care Act. And no matter what they said, she would always say the answer was wrong. And, and somebody would refer to a particular page in a draft bill. And she says, no, that's the wrong draft. You know, you're not looking at the right draft. So in the end, everything that was presented to her was accurate, was in the final bill anyway. And so it was a massive lie. That's my point, it is that it's always about trying to say, no, this is not going on. Uh, you know, there is no war in East Asia. We have always been uh, at war with Eurasia. Um, right. You know, very, very Orwellian at, at a time, by the way. Are you tracking this story, Jerry? Have you seen this? Where the um, the British counterterrorism research program um that in addition to looking at islamo terrorists and other kinds of terrorists was also looking at right-wing terrorism that that they are using uh if you show a devotion or a love of shakespeare or you show or you recommend the reading of orwell's 1984 that apparently makes you a right-winger now well I, I, you know interesting too i mean our own fbi our own uh, our own law enforcement agencies uh, were uh, uh, if, if you prayed the rosary, if you went to church, you were a potential uh, right-wing, um, uh, 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 you know, nationalist. Yeah. Here, you know, here's here's another thing, and, and I know that we're uh, time's winding down, uh, but not only do we have to put push back on this 1619 project, this idea that America was founded on race uh, racism and, and slavery. You know, again, just. I gave the little uh, fact that I uh, about where the slaves actually went and why aren't those countries uh, uh, world powers today. But also, uh, there were slaves in the Americas a hundred years before uh, before anyone, uh, any of the pre the, the the precursors the the uh, of of the American colonies. I mean, the Spanish, the Portuguese, the American Indians all had slaves in the Americas. No. Slavery existed in America a hundred years before 1619. And what's more, I don't understand why we, if we're going to teach history and teach, uh, teach slavery, uh, the slave trade, you know, Great Britain outlawed the slave trade. Uh, the American Constitution outlawed, date to outlaw the slave trade. And and so, you know, so uh, uh, Western countries, the the United States, the UK, were, were, were making the slave trade illegal. But yet, what about all the Western African kingdoms yes. that 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 benefited from? You know, there's a movie that came out last year. I'm very interested in it. It's about a um about an African 
uh, warrior princess. Right. Yes. And and this is very historically Wakanda accurate. forever, Jerry. Right. But but you know there there is this people group in West Africa. It's not Wakanda uh, forever, folks. But I, there is this people group in Africa where that where there there was this um elite group of women warriors. Yes. And that's true. But what's interesting, if you go back and really look at the history, the reason why women had to be warriors is because the men uh, were uh, were captured and by by a competing kingdom and sold into slavery. Yeah. My- and so the so again, why don't we talk about how the African kingdoms benefited from slavery? Well, how about we go the also the other direction, right? And we talk about you know you raise the thesis. Why is America the greatest nation on earth? Right. Well, you go and you listen. I urge everybody, if you've never read it, The Mystery of Capital by Hernando de Soto. Not, sure. an, not an American, not or you, not from the United States, but from Peru. Go and read The Mystery of Capital. Go and read Richard Pipe's Property and Freedom. Um, the reason why a nation like the United States and other nations are successful is because of, of the degree to which we protect property rights and we allow people to go and buy right. and sell real which, property. Which, 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 which leads to something that we talked about last week, but I'll just mention again here briefly, because it's, you know, repetition matters. The, um, the idea of citizenship where you give your allegiance to the state or to the ideal uh, uh, the, uh, on which the state is founded. Uh, the reason why citizenship began to develop and then flourish uh, you know the Greeks, the Romans, the the Americans, uh, is because of uh, the, there was a need for the protection of private property, right? And so, uh, and so, what's scary is is that as we progressively advance backwards into tribalism, into like pre-Western civilization, um, look at what the left attacks. It attacks property. It attacks free speech. Right. It attacks. Uh, it, it, it attacks these fundamental rights. And again, we're we're falling backwards into a pre-Western understanding of how society flourishes. We're we're moving back to 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 dynism, to tribalism, feudalism. Is that we are is that as the left tries to pull us into what they would consider a post-Western world, yeah, we are in fact reverting to a pre-Western world. Yeah. And that is a dangerous place. That's to- exactly right. So, yeah. So, so, um, so Jerry and I, as you might've mentioned the, for the folks who've, who've listened many, many times in the past, normally we tee up the title of the show at the beginning of the show. We conscientiously did not do that this week um, because Jerry and I, so what do you want to call it, Jerry? Andrew well, and Jerry, Andrew and Jerry take down the 1619 project. <laughs> um. Sure, that's it. All right, there you go. Andrew and Jerry take down 1619. Um, that's that's that. Jerry, you were on yesterday. Uh, you're on Sunday. If it's Sunday, it's Jerry, 7 to 10. I'm telling you right now, go to WBAL, go to a podcast, go to the Jerry Rogers show. Uh, the last several shows, uh, especially I did a show uh, 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 last Sunday. Um. The 20th, I think. I forget. No, now. Sunday would have been the, uh, the 19th. 19th. The 19th. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 called the undoing of meritocracy. Uh, and, and again, this is going to be my theme moving forward. And I'll say it again real, right here. 
Um, what we're doing in, in Western civilization, what we're doing in America today, what the left is doing is uh, they are uh, they are they, they are ridding us of meritocracy. Yeah. And they're and they're replacing it with this diversity, equity, inclusion uh, where you have favored groups and you have you have the commissars, you have the uh, you have the Maoist uh, who are going to pick winners and losers. Right. And again, uh, we all have a stake in this. Uh, Claire Rose Rogers came home yesterday uh, for Fat Tuesday and she comes home and, and I'm excited to see her. And I look at her and I said, sweetheart, what's what's the matter? You, you've been crying. And. And and she and she wells up and she starts to cry. And of course, I'm her dad and I and I'm. You know, I go hug her and I'm like, you OK, do I have to go see Who somebody? To, whose legs do I have yeah. to break? And I, I don't want to get emotional, but but what she said was was so heartbreaking. Uh, she teaches a student teaches at a Catholic school in the district of Columbia and she loves it. And there's a new boy in her class, third grader, eight years old and brand new first day. And at the end of the day, um, Claire took him aside and said, well, Hey, how was your first day? And was talking with him. And, and he said that it's the best day of my life. And she's like, well, you know, why best day of your life? It's the first day I haven't. It's it's the first day. You're gonna make me emotional, Jerry. It's the first day I haven't been bullied. Wow. This is the failure of our public schools. Yeah. This is the failure of what happens. The lives hurt uh, when we do away with meritocracy. Right. And and, and again, I it, it, and, and that's how important this is. This is not just about us um, pontificating about ideas. This is about the failure of the of the DEI, of the woke, of the progressives, right. and it trickles down and it hurts little eight year olds. Diversity, and we, and we have to do DEI, something about it. DEI above all else, right? If you put DEI above all else, you get schools in Baltimore where yeah. kids cannot pass basic proficiency exams where, where kids and are shot. create a where permanent kids, underclass. Yeah. Where kids are shot. Yes. Right. Yes. I mean, you know, we're still, you know, it's funny. We but, have, but, but Jerry time out. I mean, the kids are shot is, is, is the, the furthest extreme yeah. part of this kids getting bullied is sort of the next step inside of it. Right. But, but we are, we are graduating kids who have no they shot at any kind yeah. of a life. Because we, because we are holding them up and saying, you know something, your 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 lot in life is not because we never taught you to read. I'm getting angry now. Yeah, it's, it's not because we never taught you to read or do math or study history. You're a victim it's because you're a victim, right? And it's because 400 years ago somebody owned slaves in the United States. That's why you can't. That's why you you yeah. have no life today. It's yeah. nothing. It's not our failure. It's it's what they did to you. Right. And again, it goes back to what we said early in the program. This is purposeful. This is, I mean, they, they, there's a re they, they don't want, look, oh, we know how to educate. We know that it's wrong uh, to put high learners in with, with, with slow learners because, uh, because no one learns. Uh, yeah. We know that accountability and boundaries matter, but yet there's no accountability you know, and boundaries. It, but, but the thing is, we know the right, and this is my this is my problem. If it comes with public schools or public safety or public transportation or public infrastructure, we know what to do, but we have leaders who are purposefully doing the wrong thing. I'm going to tell a story here. 
you know, I, I know we're supposed to be ending Jerry, but I want to tell this story because I, I haven't, I talk about it a little bit. Um, I switched and Jerry, you know, this, I switched schools for my starting in 10th grade. I had gone to public school from, from kindergarten through ninth grade. And the reason I switched was because my school district, now again, my school district in suburban New York was a haven for second level, not top level, though Vernon Jordan, who was the head of the Urban League, he lived in my town, but sort of second level people. A lot of them settled in my town. And and my and and Greenberg, the town that it was, was known as a haven for integration and really trying to bring people together. And in the 1980s, the middle of the 1980s, there was a real debate happening over the very issues you were just talking about, Jerry. The issues of what's called homogeneous grouping, which is grouping students based upon their achievement levels versus uh, heterogeneous grouping, which is grouping, putting all students together regardless of their achievement levels. And there was a massive outcry um, within, within certain segments of the population who were uh, accusing um, uh, accusing this of being racially driven. There was a substantial black population in my, in my town. And it was a situation by the way, which, you know, where we as a student population were very well integrated. You know, I had friends of all different backgrounds and colors and creeds, et cetera. It was also a school in which, you know, a school system in which we had a, a full on black history month curriculum, you know, Jerry, it's funny, a couple of weeks ago, Jerry and I had a conversation offline about uh, Lift Every Voice, the Black National Anthem. And I remember, you know, we we got handed lyric sheets at an assembly for that. We would you know, go and sit through. Anyway, we don't even want to go down this road. My point is that the school system made a decision. And I remember having a debate with somebody in school in um this has got to be 1985, 1986, who, who said to me, one of the saddest things that I, that I'd ever heard. And, and she said that if we went down the road of having honors classes of having homogeneous grouping, that it was going to be white Jewish teachers teaching white Jewish students. I mean, setting aside the anti-Semitism that, that was involved, right? What bothered me was how dare you sell your community so short, right? That you think that there won't be an effort to help, right? Because in the end, homogeneous grouping is supposed to help people. It's supposed to give students the attention that they need so they can right. move up. And, and and again, oh, by the way, this was somebody who was in our programs. But this, uh, is, the, this is the problem. And, and let, let me well, be hold on. Bold. Let me let me just yeah. hold. On. Let me oh, just I'm finish sorry. the story real quick, Jerry. Sure. So they made this vote, and my mother, who was on the school board at the time. My mother made the decision to pull me out of the schools um, and send me to this other school. I get into that whole experience. And to this day, they've never gone back, right? They've never reexamined this, this policy. So we're talking now uh, almost 40 years later. And this school consistently ranks, certainly within Westchester County, ranks low, lower than a lot of the school systems around it, right? And and you think about it, this is a school system that is surrounded by, I'm going to name names, I'm going to name drop here, because you can go look them up. Go and look up Scarsdale and how well the students from Scarsdale do. Go and look up how the students from Ardsley do. Go and look at how well the students from Edgemont do. All the school districts that surround Greenberg Central 7, they all do far, far better. And they have minority populations within them. Yeah. Um, and, and so 
anyway, so I'm passionate about this because these are battles that I witnessed and frankly fought almost 40 years ago. Go ahead, and, Jerry. I'm sorry. And, 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 and again, just to, uh, these, um, these are political interventions because uh, we know that the, we, the science of, of education tells us uh, that um, that learn as you go is 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 the best strategy. In other words, um, and and they've done this where where uh, I, it's either Thailand or Malaysia. I forget which which country decided that twenty uh, percent of its GDP would be. They, they they amended their constitution to put twenty percent of their GDP to invest in the schools, yeah. uh, to pay uh, teachers more money uh, and 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 spend more money on education. And after after a decade, uh, it had it had made no difference. And then uh, then there was an experiment in in a uh, in a, a specific school uh, where where over the years everyone was um, mixed together, fast learners, slow yeah. learners, uh, and no one was learning. And why? I mean, you know, right. you know why? Because you're going too slow for the fast learner and too fast for the for the slow right. learner, so no one learns. And so what they did was uh, they purchased um, uh, devices, uh, uh, laptops, not laptops, uh, um, tablets, uh, tablets. And uh, for an hour a day, it was mandated for one hour a day. Uh, students would learn as as they go. In other words, they would they would self teach themselves yeah. at their own sure at their own pace. At the end of the year, scores went through the roof. So we know how to educate. The problem is, is that it gets in the way of their politics. Right. And in America, we can fix this by, again, Elizabeth Warren this week, it's all over the progressive, uh, it's all over the newspapers, but the progressive, progressive uh, journals as well, where Elizabeth Warren is saying that Monopoly, in her, def in, in, in her support of the current makeup and chairperson of the, uh, of the F, of the FCC? No, the FTC. F FTC. The FTC. Uh, no, no, no. The, you're talking about Gigi Sohn? Yes. Yeah, Gigi, that's the FCC. All right. Uh, she's saying monopoly uh, is is not democracy. All right. Let's take let's take Elizabeth Warren uh, at her word. And then if that's the case, then let's break up the educational establishment. Let's break up the teacher unions. Right. Because the, the greatest roadblock to us teaching our children uh, is the teachers unions. And so let's break them up because it's the, te the teacher unions are the ones who – are are the uh, are the roadblock uh, to reform? I do think that again, I don't get back on, on this topic. We have to undo the government schools. Right there, there too many kids are being lost. Well, and, and and more to the point, again, you talk about the politics uberalis. You told me because I'm I'm only tangentially following a lot of Maryland politics right now. Right, the the governor. Who should yes. be, you know, oh looking goodness. at looking ding, at ding, ding. the fact the fact that we've got you know dozens of schools in Baltimore where nobody is graduating proficient right. in reading, and, and not math. just Baltimore City, Baltimore no. County, Montgomery County, uh, the public so, school systems are are failing. So so, and the only the only thing that is working in terms of increasing student achievement is a scholarship program that the called, state called, runs. Called, it's a it's called the Boost Program. Yeah. And and this governor Westmore, the first African American governor of of Maryland. Now remember, his story is is that he's gone from handcuffs to the governor's mansion. Right at eleven years old, he was handcuffed and put into the back of a squad car because he was uh, uh, he was uh, he was uh, graffitiing 
a wall. So he was uh, his mother then uh, because of this uh, put him into reform school and then military yeah. school. Then he went on to Johns Hopkins and, be, and then went on to be a Rhodes Scholar. And so my point is, is that uh, he he was surrounded by men and women, family, family, family that held him accountable. And so now he says, as governor, uh, leave no one behind. That's his mantra. That's his calling card. Leave no one behind. And so he's investing $500 million into the uh, Maryland public schools, in addition to the hundreds of millions of dollars uh, from the uh, from COVID relief money. Baltimore County alone received $400 million uh, from COVID relief for the Baltimore County public schools. I mean, we're talking about billions. And, and then, then, of course, there's the blueprint for Maryland's future, the Kerwin plan uh, that sets aside 4 or $5 billion for, for public schools in Maryland. My point is, is that Maryland public schools are being inundated with, with money. And he promises uh, to do this and leave no one behind. Yet, in his budget, he cuts the boost program by 20%. Yeah. And it's only $10 million. So it goes from $10 million to $8 million. But what's worse is it prohibits any new students. You, you can only enter the boost program, these scholarships. Uh, you, you fund the student in, in a parochial or private school if they so choose. Uh, and and But now it's cut off. Only siblings of current beneficiaries uh, can enter the program. Right. But again, this is, this is purposefully doing the wrong thing. Yeah. And why? Because he's captured by the teacher unions. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, we 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 were going to end the show a while ago. We've we've yeah. gone we've gone down this road, but it, it's this is important stuff. It is, and it's and tough. again, it's the, tough, the, man. For those who pray, this little boy's name yeah. is Will. Yeah, yeah. And I, Jerry, I appreciate I appreciate that story. It, it is, it, you know, it, it's it, it underscores all of it. Um, and and I can't wait till you tell it on the air with them. Yeah. So Jerry's on on Sunday next week. We're going to be doing our CPAC episode. Yeah. So you're going to want to yeah. tune into that. Uh, by the way, tune in, Jerry. I don't ever really recommend for you to you know to or make an impassioned plea for you to listen to the lunch hour podcast. Oh no, I love it. I, I love the podcast. All right. Well, I want you to listen to this week's because I think you'll appreciate it. Who is, uh, who is it? Stephen Meyer from the Discovery Institute. Yes. We talk about intelligent very design. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk about whether or not we're alone in the universe. Uh, we talk about multiverses. When we does talk- it air? When does it air? It's up. It's up right now. Oh, it's up right now. Yeah, it's up okay. at the, fed, the Federal Newswire. You know what? I'm going to go for my exercise walk. I'll listen to it on my walk. Uh, and Jerry and I will be live next week. Actually, I don't know if we'll be live. We'll record next week from CPAC. CPAC uh, two shows. Yeah. Uh, uh, two coats. Uh, two shows. So go and check that out. Jerry, what do you want people to do? Find the truth, plant your feet, stand firm. God bless you. Have a great week, everybody. Uh, Have fun and stay safe.